0: I can't take that tape from you. If it's unsolicited, I can't touch it. It's not easy to break into the music business. But these three
1: guys... What's your secret code? I can't tell you my code. ...just found a way.
0: You guys are a unsigned band, and you broke into the radio station to get your demo played on the air? (laughs) I just feel a little goofy, but a water
2: pistol. They don't know it's a water pistol. They think it's real.
1: Look, all I want to do is be heard and then we're out of here. Okay, who are you guys?
0: My name's Pip. The band. The band name.
2: Sorry about that. Oh man, look it's the demo's wasted! Well, what are we gonna do now? Run! Hello, police. Surrounded! I don't wanna go to jail. I'm fragile. Everybody on the floor right now. Uh, do, do you mind if I sit in a chair? I, I don't wanna get all cruddy. Uh, uh yeah. Gotta... Uh, if he
0: doesn't sit on the floor, I don't know why I have to. Sit down! Everybody else gets to sit in a chair except for you. Is everybody okay, in there?
2: He wants to know what your demands are for releasing the hostages. Ooh, what's he mean by hostages? It's the inbreed. We asked for a whole bunch of weird stuff. This way we complete insanity later. Ooh. Number 13, naked pictures of B. Arthur. Excuse
1: me? I think you're exceeding the maximum weight limit for that belt. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no!
1: Swim in pools. He doesn't wear a helmet, does he?
2: You guys are crazy, man. Yellow It's a plastic gun! A plastic gun! Now, what are you gonna do about that? Junk style? <laughs> Improvised. The Lone Rangers? What's wrong with that? Well, there's three of you. You're not exactly lone. No idea what you're saying right now. Airheads. I gotta deal with them. We gotta send one person out. I'll go. One of the hostages, Doof. Sorry. The music made them do it.
0: I ain't farting on no snare drum. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to Sight & Sound Podcast, presented by Heart God Media. Today, we're covering Airheads from 1994. One of my favorite movies of all time. And, gentlemen, Eric, Sean, is this one of your favorite movies of all time?
1: Oh, absolutely. 100%. I think one of the best comedies, especially for for that era. And I think it's super underrated.
0: So, 19, the 90s were super interesting uh for comedy uh obviously with horror it was up and down but 94 was crazy i know and we we've talked about it several times how crazy jim carrey's 1994 was putting out dumb and dumber ace venture and the mask all in the same year now our recently uh reborn star of this movie brendan fraser He had a hell of a 94, too. Maybe not as big as Jim Carrey's. But in the same year, 1994, Brendan Fraser put out and was in Airheads with honors and the Scout. All movies I love.
1: Yeah, same. All movies I love. Uh, And maybe not as big as Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey, obviously, like megastar. Fraser fell off. But I will say... And I think a lot. Of, I mean, Fraser was huge, like for a while there. Like, yeah,
0: he was. A, his, I mean, he was huge into the two thousands with the Mummy movies. He was. It was. He was a star. Yeah, the Mummy movies definitely kind
1: of like, I don't know, like kind of rocketed him into a, a different level. It seems, but he will. I mean, I will admit he put out a lot of interesting movies that I think people, and that's kind of probably was part of his downfall. Um, you know, like bedazzled and.
2: I like, bone.
0: I like Bedazzled and Monkey Bone.
1: <laughs> I don't know if I think i definitely seen Bedazzled, definitely did not see Monkey Bone. What was a, a movie I love that he's in? I think it's super underrated. Blast from the Past. Blast from you know? the Past. Ah, that okay. good. Yeah. But yeah, I mean,
0: man, Alicia. <laughs> she's
1: back. Super Bowl commercial. She's back. Oh, yeah.
0: Um,
1: but yeah, I mean, super. I mean, that the nineties are very controversial to a lot of people, uh, between movies and music and such. Um, obviously think- us, we, this is our 1994. I'm, I'm nine years old. You know, I didn't see this in theaters, of course, or anything, but you know, I was we're surprised. all around the same age. So
0: yeah, I was six, but I grew up on these films, watching them on either renting them or watching them on HBO Cinemax. Yeah. Um, this.
1: I know we'll talk about it, so... But this
0: one, I mean, especially after... Once it got into, like, the late 90s, too, I felt like Comedy Central played this incessantly. I
1: was just going to say that this movie... Like, Comedy Central's great. I think it's maybe taken a a down... Oh, it took a nose dive about
0: 15 years ago.
1: There was an era where Comedy Central was great. They had great shows, and they were showing awesome movies all the time. And, And this, and Airheads, was, like, so heavy in their rotation. Like, obviously, I'd seen it before that. But the first time I saw it, and I know we'll get into but it was on television um, and then renting it, of course. But yeah, uh, Comedy Central gave this movie so much props and it was on all the time.
0: On top of, you know, being on Showtime or not Showtime, but it was always on Cinemax or HBO all the time. And I yeah. remember the little Channel 23, the little program guide, and they would show the trailers <laughs> of the movies in the corner. I remember Represent watching 23, the yes. trailer a mi- million times. But um yeah grew up loving this movie it's one of my it, it is my favorite comedy movie of all time um it's just it's the easiest watch in the world and it fucking kills me every single time just how they take the piss it's like it almost in, in a sense obviously with Michael McKean in it as well uh it almost feels like a different kind of sequel an unofficial sequel to spinal tap but like with a more like serious thing there's a lot of spinal tapness to this where that yeah know, it's self-aware it takes it takes shots at being you know working you know a, a trying to make it musician and it's just so much fucking fun
1: they also show the spinal tap there's a poster in the in the film yeah i think at one point uh and it's funny how uh yeah my is a michael mckean that's his last name mike yeah. mckean yep like his character is like such a who is in obviously in Spinal Tap playing the singer, such a he plays like the villain of the movie. You know he what I plays mean? He's like the the opposite of, of rock and roll, you know?
0: For him to be able to obviously play this kind of character, it he plays such a like uptight, like like yuppie, dick-headed, like, radio manager, like, program director. He does it so well.
1: Yeah, he nails it. The, they really... When they did, like, the um, the wardrobe and the, his look, that plays all into it, too, because the fucking ponytail with, like, this silk, like... You get your styler's a little hair. pony knob.
2: <laughs> uh, so,
1: kills it.
0: To be able to play David St. Hubbins in... In this, in this, is Spinal Tap, but then to, to then be able to kind of go in the complete opposite direction, you know, 15, 20 years later, or not even twenty years, but like whatever it is, uh, yeah. I can't remember what year Spinal Tap came out. He, you know, he, ten he's years, a, ten years prior. So
1: 84. he's hilarious, and there and there's a little group of them guys who, like from Spinal Tap, who did a couple other films uh the one that comes to mind for me is best in show that are actually like hilarious like yeah. they're obviously like just kind of uh I don't know if anybody's seen that one but that one's a good one too
0: So before we dive into all things airheads we have to we're going to do a battle year where two movies pitted against each other you have to pick one and it's yeah. uh it's it's in the vein of like you only have in between between two of these movies you're going to a desert island you can only take one with you the other one you'll never see again the other one you'll have forever
1: if anyone listens to our show uh a lot they realize that we punish each other by making us answer these <laughs> awful questions of movies that we usually love but we have to fucking sacrifice a lot of them
0: <laughs> this is a this has always been a podcast or a sacrificial
1: di- <laughs> yeah or a director if you listen to our uh our draft podcast of the
0: Masters of Horror. And Eric hates Toby Hooper. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
1: it's the only explanation.
0: All right, so 1994, huge year. Next year will be the 30th anniversary of all these fucking films. But I didn't realize 94 was an action-packed fucking year. Not not just for Jim Carrey and Brendan Fraser, but for everyone. So, first up. In battle year, nineteen ninety-four. Dumb and dumber versus ace ventura pet detective. What are you guys taking?
2: I'll let Sean think, go first. I think I'll take Dumb and Dumber.
0: I actually think I'm gonna take Ace Ventura. Now growing up, I probably would have taken Dumb and Dumber, but over the past fifteen years, it's Ace Ventura all day.
1: Yeah, I think I'm I think I would take Ace Ventura for
0: sure. Ace Ventura there's no wrong answer for this because both great movies Ace Ventura though is the right answer. <laughs> uh no, number 2 uh second set on 94 battle year Ripley get the fuck over here. Um uh, New Nightmare versus Interview with the Vampire.
1: I I'll go first here I'll, I'm going to take New Nightmare.
0: New Nightmare for me as well. Sean, we know you don't like Freddy Krueger, Robert England, or Wes Craven, so
2: that's not true. But I was going to say New Nightmare. So oh
0: oh wow, fuck, the, I do love inter-
1: I I do love Interview with the Vampire, but definitely I mean I don't think it's I love mine. yeah love great. Yeah, I like, I like
2: the movie, I've only seen it a couple times. So
1: Because You hate Tom. You hate Tom Cruise.
2: Yeah, fuck Tom Cruise. J.K. Top Gun Maverick is the shit.
0: Um. Yeah, uh, I'm a new nightmare all day on that. Love interview with the vampire, but new nightmare is on another level. Here's one. Now, I, I'm pretty sure everyone's seen all these films. I know, I know. Eric and I podcasted on one of these, so. But brain scan versus wolf. Uh,
1: yeah. I let Sean, I let one of you two go first for sure.
0: Sean, are you familiar? With, you're familiar with brain scan, right?
2: I think you showed me it once.
0: Have you seen Wolf with
2: Jack I've Nicholson? Yeah, i yeah, yeah, I feel like that's a pretty underrated Werewolf uh, movie. I'm thinking we'll pick Wolf.
0: Sean's going uh Wolf. I'm going Brain Scan all I'm day. I'm gonna
2: go Brain Scan as well. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, I, I've seen Wolf, but yeah, I don't. I, I feel like I don't. I don't even really. It doesn't really resonate with me. Like I, I can't. I mean, Nicholson, world class actor, great man, but yeah, I know I it's.
0: I know it's rumored in James Spader. And Michelle Pfeiffer, shout out you. yeah,
1: Pfeiffer.
0: Now, here's the real thing. I know Jack Nicholson has dementia now, but what do you think? He's like one of the most accomplished and revered actors of all time. But there's a podcast on the other side of the country right now saying oh. that Brain Scan and Eddie Furlong provided a better product in Brain Scan than a movie he did. He probably would probably boggle his fucking mind.
1: I mean, yeah. I actually, I mean, I, wouldn't it be great
0: if he was just randomly a big Eddie Furlong fan? And he's just like, you know what? I actually love brain scans.
1: <laughs> I know that. I know that Jesse would probably say that Edward Furlong is a better actor than Jack Nicholson. But
0: no, I mean, I think they're different kinds of actors. I mean, it's hard. You, it's hard to compare and say yeah, one one's of them better like than other.
1: One of them's like a Hall of Famer, and one of them like. You know, played a couple of years in the majors, and was sent back down to the minors, and then retired early. Yeah,
2: but
0: how, yeah, but I can honestly say you love sure. more Eddie Furlong movies than you <laughs> love Jack Nicholson movies. Terminator <laughs> Two, Detroit Rock City. Uh, yeah, probably. Have you I mean, watched? I don't know. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Have you watched a Jack Nicholson movie and enjoyed it more than you watched, you like, and watched Detroit Rock right, when you watched Detroit Rock City? <laughs> the mean, answer's fucking no.
1: Usually, the only Nicholson movie that like comes to mind for me is like, I mean, he's in great movies, but like, obviously, The Shining. I I love The Shining, but like, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, oh, Batman into my mind when I think. Well, of yeah, that's what I mean, Batman. But like, what if I like a few? He's cool and a few good men, but I'm not going to be like, well, I like that more than. It's more of a fun watch than Detroit Rock City. All
0: right, before we get any deeper into the weeds,
1: <laughs> no, we this is what we're about:
0: Natural Born Killers versus Shawshank Redemption. Jesse, you
1: go pitching? first.
2: No, Jesse's Jesse going first.
0: Natural Born Killers, every day, twice on Sunday.
2: I was gonna pick Shawshank Redemption. What? Shawshank. Shawshank.
0: Shawshank. Shawshank.
2: Uh,
1: yeah, this is tough, but I, no, it's not. I would probably just go Natural Born Killers because I like it more. Yeah, I mean, Shawshank obviously is legendary. Anyone who says it's not a good movie is crazy.
0: Yeah, great film, but Natural Born Killers, amazing. Um,
1: well, I mean, Woody and Woody and Juliet. I mean, come on,
0: what a combo! Two sequel, two horror sequels. Pumpkinhead 2 versus Night of the Demons 2. I'm going Pumpkinhead 2. Love Pumpkinhead 2. Bloodwings. Amazing. I never, gonna, I
1: never, oh, have never had close. Oh. I mean, I would probably go Pumpkinhead
0: 2, but Night of the Demons 2 is great, but I have way more nostalgia for Pumpkinhead 2. That's an interesting
1: uh, I didn't expect that one. Yeah, that's a good one.
0: So what are you going? I said Pumpkinhead, too. Okay, I wanted a definitive. The All Crow right, versus God. In the Mouth of Madness.
2: The Crow. I will also go with The Crow.
0: Have you seen In the Mouth of Madness, Sean? Yeah. I'm going, really in, I'm going in the Mouth of Madness. Love The Crow, but In the Mouth of Madness, I like
1: is, it. Is, where do you put In the Mouth of Madness in the John Carpenter films?
0: I mean... I mean, it's out right. of it's in the top ten. I mean, the lower like ten or nine. Yeah, all right. I just I mean in the mouth of madness is great, but I mean, Prince of Darkness, They Live, The Thing, Halloween,
2: Carrie. No, I mean Christine. I mean, holy shit,
0: <laughs> Christine. Um, Escape from New York or it, it, Those are all, you know, better Yeah, for, for sure. sure For sure Um, But yeah, I just I was never huge on The Crow I do like The Crow a lot And if Sting never existed I don't know if I would like it as much as I do <laughs> Touche um, It's a great
1: film I don't know, I, I thought it was I think it's awesome One of the legendary soundtracks
0: Here's there. a great one And I know Sean's seen these mcgruber <laughs> <laughs>
2: clerks versus pulp fiction oh my god this is awful why you gotta put those two together because right, i do
0: be... i do for a fact you never saw pumpkin head do or none of the demons two, and that's shameful in and of so, itself
1: i'm just going to answer this first i'm going to say pulp fiction like it shouldn't even be a question <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm gonna go to give Sean a few more minutes to mull it over. I'm going Paul <laughs> Fiction. I like Paul Fiction more. Love Clerks, one of my favorites. But come on now, Paul Fiction. That
2: uh, I'm a I'm a Kevin Smith fanboy. I'm picking Clerks.
0: Wow, you hate Quentin Tarantino? <laughs> oh yeah, fuck
2: yeah. All the films are trash. Um, last one,
0: Serial Mom versus Ed Wood. Ed Wood. Serial Mom. I'm going Ed Wood to... is not better than Serial Mom.
2: Sorry. Serial Mom Cereal does do. have Ricky Lake in it.
1: We all have our things. Ed Wood. You hate John Waters. I don't hate him. I don't necessarily love him.
0: <laughs> you don't necessarily love him? I don't know.
1: Yeah, what John Waters really like moving me. What's
0: really so, jerking my own, my chain. So you unnecessarily hate him.
1: Let's fucking pivot back to someone picking clerks over pulp fiction. <laughs> like <laughs> one of like the I greatest one of the greatest filmmakers of all time versus like a guy who just has like a couple puts his friends in his movies and they just talk about poop and pee jokes. <laughs> <time>. <laughs> well, that was
0: 1994 battle year. Um Sean's never seen Pumpkinhead 2 and the Demons 2. Eric hates, hates John Star- Carpenter yeah. in the mouth of madness.
1: I don't I hate it. I just don't think it's one of his better
0: films. You I said it was know. his least best film.
1: It's not his least. The ward is probably yeah, The, worst. Ward, is definitely the ward is definitely that.
0: And I played Amber Heard.
1: Well, she's yeah. Johnny took care of her.
0: That he did. Um <laughs> All right, let's airheads air. 29 years ago this movie came out and it is I think it gets better with age the soundtrack's fucking killer the cast is fucking amazing we got Steve Buscemi playing Rex m- guided is, and molded, Rex Brown. molded after Rex Brown intentionally from Pantera like actually
1: like eerily looks like him too
0: yeah like Spot on on the Far Beyond Driven tour. <laughs> now, Brendan Fraser as Chaz Darby, the lead singer and lead guitarist. Adam Sandler as Pip, Rex's brother and drummer in The Lone Rangers. Just Are, I mean, Arguably I mean, or- his second best film behind Wedding a Singer.
1: Already le- legendary, just three three people in.
0: Ernie Hudson as Sheriff O'Malley. Amazing. I thought Big Ernie iron. Hudson killed this. Maybe his, maybe his best thing, only behind Ghostbusters and The Substitute.
1: Uh, Ghostbusters too. Come on. Apparently, you've never seen the fucking Substitute, Sean. I have not.
0: We got uh, Joe Meng yeah playing. Uh, Ernie the or er, uh yeah um Ian the shark excuse me uh the radio host the personality the Howard Stern, which Fraser was on Howard Stern and they were saying like a lot of that movie was influenced by like Howard Stern and like the goofiness that happens on the the Howard Stern show especially back in the nineties and Fraser was just on Howard Stern a couple weeks ago talking about it and they were talking about air er- like and it was so funny because they were t- they started talking about like the mummy and stern was just so like excited about airheads he's like let's go back to airheads like, that was... <laughs> i did see some clips from
1: that he's been it's it, you know just I don't, I don't want to sidetrack too much i just want to say it's great to see brendan yeah, uh, back out and like he's been everywhere now um and he just seems like such a genuinely nice awesome dude yeah
0: he's one of the best he's one of the good ones without a doubt
1: he does this thing and I I think I mentioned it to Jesse recently and anybody listening should check it out but not that I read GQ magazine but GQ does this thing on YouTube where they have these actors and actresses on and they go through a bunch of their films. Yeah, it's great. And it's they're really cool and and he was recently on it so that's be really cool to check out. But there's some other good ones on there. Jeff Bridges and there's a whole bunch of people they get but uh that was really cool.
0: So this is directed by Michael Lehman. Michael Lehman uh has done uh a lot of films he's directed some tv shows we obviously know him best for airheads uh because we love airheads but he also did uh hudson hawk meet the applegates from 1990 heathers from
1: 1988 yeah so he did like a he's pretty much been in television right for the past like however many years probably like like like, 25
0: years or something like that but but a lot uh, of
1: great like I saw Dexter. Did you and, ever
0: see My Giant with fucking Billy Crystal and the the one fucking uh, basketball player, that tall motherfucker? Um,
1: I know what you're talking about, and I feel like I've seen I've seen some of it, maybe, but like so long ago, like I can't even say that I've yeah, seen. Yeah, you know he, he I mean? direct
0: he directed that some episodes of the Larry Sanders Show as well, and just a lot of TV, like a lot of TV, which is yeah. good good steady work, good for him. Seven episodes of Californication, love that fucking show. <laughs>
1: Yeah, like I saw I saw California Cation, I saw Dexter, I don't know how many episodes of that, just a bunch of television. So
0: So the guy who wrote this, his name's Rich Wilkes Rich Wilkes also wrote the screenplay for the Motley Crue movie The Dirt. Oh wow. He also did uh the story for Bulletproof too. and he also wrote the characters of in Triple X
1: like the Vin Diesel movies
0: yeah he wrote nice. well, he wrote the movie and then he did like uh he did uh well I guess he's just credited as the characters in the sequels I have a hunch uh, he that he wrote the sh- original that, I have
1: a I have a hunch that Chong loves triple X
0: this movie like once Eric I, I Sean I don't remember if you were there when we watched this but I showed Eric a movie a couple years ago that I grew up with as well because Satch was such a 70s rock fan and He always loved watching these movies But The Stoned Age, he also wrote that too
1: Oh wow, that's cool
0: And the Jerky Boys movie <laughs> Hell yeah The <laughs> fucking Jerky Boys So pretty fucking awesome We got Judd Nelson playing Jimmy Wing The fucking The, the fucking record, record exec- executive Classic scummy record executive Amy Locaine Of Crybaby fame Come on now
1: yeah, who's also in
0: school ties with uh Brendan
1: Fraser? Brendan yep. Fraser,
0: yep, playing Kayla, uh, Nina Semezgo playing um, playing Susie with two Z's. Um, and she was in license to Fucking drive, my friends, and Tales from the Dark Side.
1: I don't remember her in license to drive.
0: She was the sister, she was Corey Haim's sister.
1: Oh, shit, she was, yes, sir. We got motherfucking. Like what different look she just had a great, a different look in that right yeah oh yeah
0: gotcha we got motherfucking david arcat playing a guy named fucking carter <laughs> but he's got tell me david arcat does not look like he's like just he's doing merch for anthrax on that
1: yeah he had the, oh, the best look He had that like la like that era la like could have been in like point break as well oh yeah
0: fucking michael richards kramer himself playing fucking doug beach yeah, military favorite? experience, Beach. Oh, I was in the Merchant <laughs> Marines. Marines, I hear that. Marshall, fucking Bell. Marshall Bell, playing Carl Mace.
1: That dude has been in so much stuff. It's not even funny. He's one of those guys that, like, you know, you've seen a hundred places, but you might not know his name. You know what I mean?
0: He almost. I could be I know there's so much greatness and so many great actors in this movie but for some reason he fucking steals the show for me just being obsessed with his wife cheating with the pool cleaning guy finding yeah. out the pips a pool cleaner <laughs> these bastards are sicker than I thought
1: yeah he, he is a good like kind of secondary story throughout the whole thing of him oh, like yeah. just out there and, 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 and yeah so hilarious
0: we even got Alan Covert playing the cop that Pip does the dance with as he's trying to fucking walk out. Who is from Grandma's Boy? He's like one of Sandler's Sandler's uh boys, you know. Boys, yeah. Um and that that this has to be one of his first flicks. Uh you we have Mike you know? Judge. we got one, we have two Ghostbusters in here. Shout out, Sean. Oh yeah. With yeah, uh Ramis. with Ramis playing fucking uh Chris Moore, Capitol Records. <laughs> Um, just this is a fucking studded <laughs> fucking movie. You, you didn't even Chris Farley. Hey, Chris America Farley Chris is Wells? Chris Farley is Officer Wilson. Lemmy as the fucking editor of the school magazine in the crowd. White zombie. Yeah,
2: white, white zombie with a cameo.
0: White fucking zombie. The fucking Sons of Thunder.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Who are the fucking the Galactic Cowboys? I read is what the name of that band was. Yeah,
0: Galactic fucking Cowboys. Here's
1: an interesting thing, which. I guess I didn't know until recently, just looking up some stuff that randomly like there was like th- they, they like pitched the white zombie stuff to like two or three other bands. Like they pitched it to Metallica. Apparently they pitched it to they were going to do Cannibal Corpse. But then once Cannibal Corpse was in Ace Ventura, they shot yeah. that down in Testament, I heard,
0: too, as well. I think White Zombie ended up being a perfect band for the situation.
1: Yeah, uh, a, a testament. Testament would have been pretty cool just because I love Testament so much and they don't they don't really get the you know the props, but yeah, for sure White Zombie was 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 awesome.
0: A fucking monster of a cast. Uh 20th century Fox film. Uh it's just there's something about this. I don't know what it is. Um it's just it was right place, right time. I wish it would have done big business. I'm hoping we get a Netflix sequel. I don't think it's going to happen, but we've opening... talked
1: about it on here before, I believe. But like of all the times for it to happen, like Adam Sandler pretty now. much is a, he is a goat at this point. Like and he has that crazy deal with Netflix where they let him put whatever out. And and Fraser just being so huge right now, it's just like there's no like loss. Like think about how much shit Netflix puts out that but does bad. They just sweep it under the rug. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know that they're yeah, quote like unquote monsters. easy. <laughs> "Quote unquote," hurting for money, but like, you know, I don't know. It it just seems like it it, it could work.
0: I could one hundred percent seeing it work, and uh, people would just be people will flock to it right now because everyone just wants to give love and support to uh Fraser, uh, which I bet. Yeah. but
1: and they've all got, you know him and him and Sandler have gotten together recently, like in, you know they've in talked about interviews it. and stuff. They even and talked about their heads. so. I would hope that, I mean, I hope
0: they both said the people that don't know, they both said it. it was one of the funnest shoots they ever were on. It
1: must've been hilarious. It must've been so
0: hilarious. Yeah. So before we, uh, or before we dive in, I just want to prep our, our, uh, audience in case there's anybody that has not seen this film. Here are some of the insults you'll hear during this film. And it's fucking amazing. Dick Smoke, Penis, but pronounced penis, Queebies, Rudolph Redpecker, No Dick Loser, Yuppie Bone Smuggler, Butt Puppet, Butt Nut, and Shit Witch. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah yuppie bone smuggler might be my favorite i think uh, i think uh, that, shit
0: which is of epic proportions
1: the next time you yell at somebody at like a store for something or a restaurant you just got to call them a yuppie fucking bone smuggler they'll have no idea but it'll, they'll be hurt
0: my favorite line maybe is uh when uh rex is uh threatening milo and he says I'll fill your dick so so full of lead you'll be shitting bullets for a month, you no dick loser. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So uh, good. Anyway, maybe one of the best opening cre- opening credit scenes ever is all the wild shit with like fucking pizza and coffee and creamer with instant coffee and the fucking and records and CDs and backstage passes. And just, we get, we open up What better way to open up a fucking, you know You're in for a good time when you open up a motherfucking Movie with Motorhead, let alone Motorhead's Born to Raise Hell
2: Ah, so it's a great track
0: Legendary, legendary Ah And it's, it's so fucking Cool, uh, to open that Movie, we got Chaz riding in on his Motorcycle in uh, Down in LA, Hollywood area uh, and he is dressing up as a fake delivery person and uh going into Palantine Records. Now, Palantine Records is a fake record company, but I love that they created a fake record company for this too. With Judd Nelson playing Jimmy Wing, a record executive there. So he's playing, so they already are on to Chaz. Chaz has already done shit like this before because he rolls up. And they're like, "Hey, it's that guy in the delivery form, uni- the delivery uniform again." So he's been in there before, trying to pass his demo, the Lone Ranger's demo off. So he's hiding upstairs, and then he finds Jimmy Wing in the thing. He's like, "Dude, are you an executive or something?" Uh, and then he's trying to pass off his demo. Can't come up unsolicited. If it's unsolicited, the lawyers will have a fit. I can't touch it. We're trying to get solicited. We play all the clubs. Well, maybe a gimmick would help. Cream always rises. Uh, it's just so funny. <laughs> Something I love is the band that comes in
2: with the with fucking cat in the,
0: cat in the hat, fucking hats. <laughs> and it's like anarchy. The guy that's talking to their manager is like, anarchy's good. They like anarchy.
1: <laughs> it is a, it is a great little shot at like, you know, record companies and kind of how things probably were. And I get, well, the music industry is so different now, but definitely how things most likely were. And like the gimmicks and shit like that. So when, Ch-
0: when Chaz is hiding behind the wall, though, did you see that there's a picture of Lemmy just on the other yeah. side of the wall? Yeah. It's so great. Um, and then so Jazz Chaz gets uh bounced out, and then we go to fucking. Now I'm not. I didn't run any of these scenes down. I'm just trying to remember it like as I remember it. Um, For sure. Seen yeah. it a million. I've seen it a million times. So if we jump from one scene to another, just just bear with us. We're just running through the. The comedic uh pleasantries of this film. Uh, Chaz is then back at his at the apartment, just fucking sitting there shirtless, listening to fucking Aerosmith on MTV. And Kayla comes home and is obviously fucking um has worked all day and shit. And uh I don't know why it's just it's so relatable. I mean, not that Bridget's ever thrown a whole makeup uh, toilet bowl. soaked (laughs) makeup thing at me, but I just love that. She's Chaz. What the hell happened to my makeup In the toilet? And then she just (laughs) fucking chucks it at him. Like the physical comedy in this movie, I think, is maybe doesn't go as noticed as it should. It's so funny. Like when she throws that thing at him, he's just picking like shit out of his hair. Told you not to leave it on the tank. Uh, and it's just uh, you know, Chaz trying to like, you know, the classic tale of struggling musician in L.A. trying to make it while his girl's working, real Guns and Roses shit. Uh, just uh, Amy Locane playing Kayla. I think she nailed it as like uh, you know, like a, a an L.A. rock and rollers girlfriend just holding down the fucking fort while Chaz trying to get that fucking record deal and explains there they got booted out of Palantine records today
1: yeah they definitely fit the uh, you know both of the actors Brendan and, and her definitely you know, played those roles really well of and a good chemistry kind of the the, the dynamic the yeah and like the chemistry between them almost like a little bit toxic like you would hear about for maybe like an actual like
0: you know musician at that time you know what but I mean
2: hey, he wrote that song for her okay
0: Oh, he Uh. wrote that song before he even (laughs) met her, (laughs) which is that—that's so great that they do that, and then they bring it back in like a serious, like, way. Is like Chaz burning her later? Yeah, it's so it's so great. So Chaz gets booted. He's driving this fucking hilarious fat boy fucking Harley though, that's like gimmicked up like a taxi cab paint color. It's so sick, and like Frazier just plays this like this character so fucking well like it's so believable and she's throwing all of his shit out also if bridget ever fucking through even one of my cds that i fuck even one i haven't listened to in 25 years if she just jokingly threw one out back i would fucking <laughs>
1: <laughs> i don't think she would do that but i know what you mean yeah it's like uh when they that scene is like is like She's this prize possessions, you know. And I feel yeah, like we throwing a like, stereo and like fucking, fucking CDs. Stereo equipment and like CDs at the time, you know.
2: It's just funny. Well while yelling at him, he's a loser.
0: You're a loser. <laughs> Everyone warned me.
2: Uh, but
0: <laughs> also the biggest insult, we need to talk about this. I hate your music, I always have. Oh yeah, that's the worst. That's rough. That's fucking terrible. The truth comes out. Um, but I love it's the most hilarious fucking thing that Rex and Pip the brothers Buscemi and Sandler work at a fucking toy store. Oh yeah, is the most <laughs> perfect. Like you couldn't have written that better. And I love seeing all these crazy fucking nineties toys, the Stretch Armstrongs and the fucking guns. When Rex is like stocking shelves. Uh it's just so great. Like it's a nice little time capsule. It brings me back.
1: Yeah, and the and the one actor who plays uh, their uh, like boss or whatever, he he was an actor that if you remember, you would see in a few things back in that time frame. I think he was in a couple of that. He was in the Adams Family movies as well. Yes, and,
0: yes, he was. Oh my yeah. god, he was. And it's
1: funny because I looked when I looked at the IMDb because I was thinking about that guy. I don't think I saw him on there. Maybe I just skimmed over him, but. He was in a lot of stuff around that time frame.
0: Rex, uh, I told but... you to stock the end caps and mop the employee lounge. Yeah, I love
1: that Rex just gives it back to him. <laughs> it's like the, you see the dynamic. You kind of see the dynamic of him and Pip a little bit, too, where how he's obviously the alpha of the brothers, and, and, and Pip's <laughs> a little so, more low-key. I
0: don't know why it fucking kills me, too, with, like, uh, Rex throws his fucking, like, uh apron at him. He's like, Too late, Zachary, I'm out of here. And and then I'm gonna tell old man Covington, Oh, be quiet. And then fucking Chaz just like sidles up next to him and just give blo- like blows him a kiss. Like I don't know why. That's so fucking
2: funny.
1: Yeah, just pure pure uh intimidation with the uh, I don't even know. The fucking Weirdness. toxic masculinity. <laughs> yep, the toxic masculinity. I love it. Joking um, around about being gay. That's yep. uh <laughs> well people did in the 90s
0: Um uh, So they're bringing shit Uh they f- you know fash- flash Forward to uh Them bringing Chaz is gonna go live with At least temporarily with Pip and And Rex And uh the shit just the like Little uh As we've all been in bands too It's so funny to see like the little Fucking conversations uh how many practices have you missed because you're cleaning up some stiffs pool? <laughs> <laughs> uh so they're going to Rex and Pip's like apartment, which is hilarious and it looks amazing. And, he, and they're just talking about you know, talking about making it. Like the it's the ultimate like unsigned band fucking thing to talking about like making it. And just oh, you know, yeah. Rex is like, oh, ah, these there's these girls with these really uh tight leather skirts that pick out your stage clothes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh just
1: the most outrageous conversations about being a rock star yeah
0: <laughs> oh yeah what do he say he's just like oh do you think tommy lee waited around for the bus No, oh, man he hustled that's why i just live <laughs> in the hills and poor keller locklear just like uh and, it's you know what though it, it was especially for the time it was like true to the time dialogue for sure
2: Oh yeah, 100% 100%.
1: The, the you know the the topics to their conversations kind of everything It's just I know we talk about a lot of films that from a certain era that kind of just uh when you when you go back to revisit them now you're just like man this is so like you know 1994 or so 2001 like this is definitely like that like we're in the mid 90s time frame you know what i mean like it just bleeds that
0: Yeah, it's uh it definitely brings you back and it's it's funny uh seeing those not seeing it now and, and thinking about how much times have changed insanely. But uh the 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 apartment of Rex and Pip is obviously filled with toys that they've stolen. Uh the drums and the in the whole the practice areas there. Um and we get a, a glimpse into them obviously uh Rex filling up the the uh, which the, the squirt gun that fucking they got had to discontinue because it looked too real and he put pepper sauce in it. And uh,
1: well, he's got that classic line he hits with the what does it say, like some, some Holly
0: trash has... shimming up the rainpipe,
1: <laughs> and he shoots stretch off straight <laughs> in the face with the.
0: And cut to what? What better thing to do? Your girl, you and your girl just broke up. You're fucking hanging with your fucking boys. Fucking, you're gonna be hunkering down with them. You go catch the fucking sons of thunder at the fucking whiskey. Now, this was this movie alone was my definitely because it was the first thing I saw, and uh, that had that had uh, the whiskey in it. So being able to a few years back be able to go to LA and play the whiskey this was like my introduction to the whiskey and this movie without a doubt is what made me want to one day play the whiskey a go-go just granted our show was not like this show where there was a whole fucking thing where they were giving away all kinds of shit and the record label or station radio station was there and it was a packed crowd we literally played to like a handful of people
1: Still playing it though. It's, it's super rad.
0: Um but obviously it's a it's a banging fucking crowd there. That's right. right. Like the <laughs> Joe Mang Tanya plays this role as like a a radio, like on air host so fucking well and like promoting the show, like you know, the the radio gig. Uh and it's a record release show for the Sons of Thunder. Yeah. Uh, and you could see like obviously the Lone Rangers are very jealous and don't understand why these, you know, they're carrying a load in them pants, so they're pissed off. Uh, it's it, reminiscent, of,
1: like just being, you know, from where we're from, with like Syracuse, like they had, we had, you know, K Rock, and like they used to yes. put on shows like that, and there was like there's, they had like these D, you know, these disc jockeys, radio DJs that were like kind of none of them outrageous. were as cool as Ian. No no, oh, no, no, but that's what I mean. Like it is cool. Uh, you know it hits home a little bit because you definitely heard or saw that same stuff what kills me about that scene too is after he does those announcements or whatever um he he slams a beer with some Pepto right right after that <laughs> like yeah,
0: he that does this. a fucking he does a beer always, and Pepto chaser
1: i always thought that was like the most hilarious thing the two like i couldn't imagine what those would taste like go back into you know back to back but so hilarious
0: but you can you get a glimpse into like what Ian thinks of it all too he's just like the sons of thunder he came even tell these bands apart uh so that plays in later when when the lone rangers <coughs> invade kppx uh rebel radio where the action never stops uh so you know you could see the the you know he's like these guys got a record uh record contract they got an album that's what we got to do so obviously the plan there is demise or surmised when they're in the van and they're talking about going to KPPX. Uh, it just the fucking dialogue in this movie is what makes this movie for me. The fucking talking about, you remember that guy, Doper Greg, that uh, what was, he said, I can't remember what he said in that, but he's just like, what about that fat kid on hard copy? The kid guy zapped him with the taser until he went bald. <laughs> So he can't
2: he's grow
0: like, hair on his left nut yeah he can't grow hair on his. still he's like so he's still <laughs> shooting for a million bucks and his pubes didn't grow in still ain't got no hair on his balls man
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> what's yeah. like when you guys think about this movie what's the first line that like comes to mind because there's so many fucking li- like do you ever think of like a scene or a line when that when we when you think about airheads sean what about you
2: me for some reasons always when him and um Chaz and his girlfriend always argue when he's just like, all you do is just at your desk and drink coffee all day. And I'm out there, you know, roaming the streets.
0: Oh, when he, when they're in the apartment prior, it's just like, oh, you get to sit in a nice office all day smoking and drinking coffee. I'm oh, out yeah. there, uh, <laughs> when he's talking about <laughs> record executives, club owners, that's hard work. You get to sit in your office all day smoking, and drinking coffee. Fucking funny. That's right. Uh no, I don't know either. about
1: lines for me but like there's definitely scenes I I always think about like you know obviously the Harold Ramis stuff with the Lemmy is God like the whole oh, yeah, uh, test that they give him is great uh you know when Chaz goes out of later on in the film when he goes outside and he's given that uh speech and Lemmy you know obviously Lemmy kicks in um there's a lot of stuff like um that comes to mind um I just think, also, just the the song. That's a, you know, I know we're gonna talk about the song that they sing, but for some reason, that Reagan Youth song is like always in my head. I don't know why. Oh, that's uh, a great so track. When, they, when they start to perform it, uh, yeah. So I mean, there's a lot of scenes that that, that come into play. Um, what is the uh, Kramer's uh, the actor's name again? I'm sorry, I, it's
0: escaping me. Michael Richards.
1: Michael Richards. Yeah. Most of the shit with Michael Richards, I think about like when he's crawling through the fucking ducks in the ceiling yeah. and he's on the phone, <laughs> the part where he sneaks into the break room and he's like fixing food while he's talking with that, with the, with bell there. So, so much stuff from the film. There's just so many legendary scenes. And then obviously the pip with the, the one uh, producer guy there, when they're talking about, we're down, man, Hendricks is God.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I know we talk about that all the time, but uh Just so much shit, like literally The film was hilarious, so quotable
0: So they they try spit, they get to KPBX, they try spitting Soda into the thing to short circuit The card entry (laughs) Uh, It doesn't work and you see like Fuck it, you see where Rex starts Bitching down Pip and playing like Doing the Eric Tyler to Brian Tyler Brother bitch down thing
1: (laughs) More like the Jesse To Brian Tyler bitch down thing
0: yeah, right. You bit your brother down way more than I have.
1: That's not true.
0: That is true. You've lived with them. You've lived with him for fucking twenty years.
1: True. True.
0: But regardless. Um so they end up breaking it. They end up breaking in. Uh you know, Pip's trying to fucking I don't even know Pip's trying to fit his finger in the fucking
2: lock. Like
0: and then she opens, Susie opens it, knocks him fucking out, Cold. They they put the bag in, they get in. And they just kind of wander in as Ian's uh, on air. And pretty much, like, Ian's just like... You could tell Ian just doesn't give a fuck. Uh, so he literally swings the mic around him, and the Lone Rangers explain that they're here to get their demo played on the air. Uh, meanwhile, before any of this goes down, uh, Milo's in there talking to Michael Richards' character, who's an accountant, to, like, switch everything over to become easy listening and they're no longer going to be a rock radio station they're going to be playing you know kenny g and all this kind of bullshit and they're restaffing everyone so everyone's going to lose their job no one knows yet as the lone rangers break in and explain on air what they're here to do and then you know milo obviously hears that what the fuck there's like some random guys on the air with ian right now like in studio so he goes over there he tries to shut it down now all while on the air they take the radio station hostage uh it uh but i love i mean we got to talk about you know we're there you know ian just you know thinks these guys are just like everybody else uh because he's like what are you mega stars of the future hip to what's your musical vibe and just, you know we're like a power slob we don't like to limit ourselves to labels. <laughs> that's another
1: hilarious little scene where because when you talk about musical genres and they're all kind of talking at the same time trying to describe their sound
0: <laughs> it's so it's so good uh so milo comes in there and i don't know he calls him jackson <laughs> yeah. he's just like get your hands off me jackson
1: <laughs> Maybe that's a reference to something that I don't know about, but
0: Yeah. And then he's just then Rex steps in. You want to try getting physical with me? And then and then that, that's when Milo drops the Hollywood Boulevard trash on Rex. And that's when Rex had has had enough and he pulls out the yeah. fucking
1: water pistol. Can't be fucking can't be talking shit to him like that.
0: And he hits him with Stop squirming, pussy! <laughs> I'll fill your dick so fully, lead you'll be shitting bullets for a month. You no dick loser. And then, <laughs> that's, and then, that's on air, right? That, that yeah. yeah,
1: all that's on air. So. It's
0: on air. So then, you know, chad Rex is saying, "Chaz, come on, like this is the only way." uh so chad I don't think Chaz or any of them knew that Rex had the messenger bag with the fucking water pistols filled with so Chaz, it was his idea. Chaz's idea to go to KPPX and do this. But Rex is like, well, fuck this. I'm packing the fucking realistic looking water pistols and filled them with fucking pepper spray.
1: Yeah. I don't think that's definitely the vibe. I don't think, uh, they were all in on it, but then, no. you know, they make that Chaz is kind of their leader. He, he, he makes that determination. Like, well, we're going fucking, we're going all in.
0: And, uh, and it's so funny when he's just like, we're gonna get some air player. My man's gonna gank you right here and now. And Milo's the best line of the movie. Let's not go ganking anyone. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: so they just want their uh their demo played on the air. Uh there's no reel to reel. They only have a reel to reel. Uh should have got the cassette. Sounds like someone's stepping on Chaz's nuts. That's why they didn't bring it. So they go to the reel to reel booth to get uh Marcus to get the uh, to set up the reel to reel, and then Marcus gets re- it gets revealed to Marcus that you know there's a hostage situation. There's guys with guns. They want their fucking music played on the air. So what it's... I like
1: about his character that we get introduced to, he's just always defiant the whole time. Like he doesn't really come around to them at all.
0: No, no, he's he totally to A
1: lot of shit back like David Arquette when we get introduced to him, he just wants to be with him, wants to be part of it. Uh it's that surfer
0: (laughs) guy, he wants back inside.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh.
0: But that uh it's the uh yeah, he Marcus stays vigilant against them and and it is obviously like a black man and is feels a certain way. Um probably rightfully so around that time obviously talked with max about this because we did an episode on falling down uh we talked about you know this is 94 so you're only a year and a half removed from the la riots and the rodney king beating uh which i mean we'll get to that because that plays into this film as well definitely Um, mentioned yeah and uh that's what uh kills me too is just like marcus is like pissed off setting this reel to reel up he, and he was just like, uh, white man with a gun. The same shit that's been happening to my people four hundred and twenty five some odd years. And Pip is just like Pip just wants to be this guy's friend so bad. So Pip walks up to him. He's just like, What what do you say to him? He's like, You like working here, man? <laughs> <laughs> He's
1: just trying to chat him up. Then he drops the Hendrix line and it's He's just like splitting. we're down,
0: man. Hendrix is God. <laughs> uh.
1: Mind you. Weird it just kills me too because Hendrix passed away like how long like like seventy one. It's like ninety-four <laughs>
0: <laughs> Like in Pip's mind too, it was the first black musician he could think yeah. of. Like
1: <laughs> Oh my god. But it
0: kills me, uh the like I said, the like the the slang and just all the shit that they say in this movie when when Rex tells Marcus, shut your pie hole, keep working. Pie hole. What's that supposed to be? Some type of crack of, slang? Crack of slang. <laughs> Yeah, so it's good. Amazing. Uh, but I love when Marcus pops off on Rex though before that when he's just like, All right, once you put that gun down, me and you, you and me, we're gonna throw down. That's right, we're gonna get serious. Mono a swine. Like, I don't <laughs> yeah. know why I fucking I like everyone's character serves such a great purpose in this. Like, no one's like an afterthought, everyone has their place in this movie. And I love that he's like the defiant guy that doesn't take any comedy or like doesn't try to buddy up with them. There's that, that one guy that's just like, fuck these guys besides. No, awesome for guys. sure.
1: Every like kind of uh, secondary, whatever you want to call it, character does play like a role, especially like the dynamic of the, of how it's, things are run at that uh, station. You know, even the lady at the front desk playing like a fucking game gear, like that, oh, yeah. just little things like that. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah you just kind of and then our cat and 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 this marcus dude and and everyone
0: so yeah you got yvonne take gets taken hostage she's playing the game gear she's the front desk receptionist
1: i don't know but, why it always killed me that just for some reason why sonic like, and that she, that she was
0: playing <laughs> game gear
1: i don't know why that always just killed me it's just like such a little intricacy but it's like i don't know just killed me
0: and uh Carter, played by david arcat david arcat is is the rock and roll guy he's got rip magazine cutouts and everything in his office and like he is the true like music fan or whatever and he's like entertained by the whole thing and, and obviously played brilliantly by david arcat so they get everyone in a room um and you know they're i think that's when chaz and and them try to they're starting to figure out like you know, Ian tries talking to him and saying like, Well, your tape's destroyed. You have nothing you have nothing left to Whoa. We're we're gonna we're gonna keep that. Of course we are. We got to. Uh so Ian tries talking like them out of it, like, you know, your tape's destroyed. There's only one thing that you can do. Get the other copy of the demo tape. So, you know, they then, you know, Obviously, the cops are out. It's funny. They're outside and they're trying to get out. And, you know, before that, when they're trying to figure out, like, they're trying to escape, they're trying to abort mission. And the cops have already surrounded them. uh, And then that's when they took everyone hostage. But uh, and then that at, at, at that point, like that, that's when the movie like takes a turn and they're just like, OK, we're literally we have we truly have these people hostage now and we're going right. to start demanding shit. And it's fucking. And they they have O'Malley track Kayla down to get the the cassette tape, the demo. And we get introduced to Chris Farley's character, who is like the 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 uh, the gopher that has to go do everything for O'Malley. He's got to set the lines up to keep all the people that are like uh, coming around the radio station. Uh he's got to go find Kayla at the whiskey. Uh, also it would be, it's fun to think about like what the perception of cops was, I think back then as to now, I mean, back then too, though, I mean, like I said, we just came out of the LA riots after those LA cops, uh, you know, beat Rodney King. And it's interesting because did they, did they purposely do this like to like make the cops seem like they were a little, a little more like not as ready to go because of that I don't know I mean that's probably a way deeper discussion than it needs to be for airheads but it's right. interesting to think about you know what I mean well yeah you kind of see every different level like even in
1: airheads they're showing you like the SWAT guys are showing like Ernie Hudson's character who's like straight laced and like smart and then they show you uh, Chris Farley who's kind of goofy and you could tell not very respected so I don't know if there's any like, like a conscious effort to show. No, like, I don't think there the was, human but... side of, of them or something. I don't know, but yeah, interesting, in, interesting question for sure.
0: But uh, you know, then they start demanding stuff. Uh, and they don't even like initially. Pip, Rex, and Chaz—they don't really have any demands other than they want their demo played on the air. But then, right? Uh, you know, go for broke. It's on the LAPD, and then it it starts turning into like you know the ultimate like hostage like demands situation but wilson played by chris farley is uh, again another one of the highlights of the film chris farley this is before chris farley became like you know this is before tommy boy this is before black sheep this is like in the midst of his snl run so this is like pre-climactic farley too
1: yeah, before he kind of like introduced, like the world was introduced to him, like on a large scale. Definitely
0: right. I mean, people knew him and loved him, but he wasn't like the gigantic superstar yet until after. Yeah, he was like a household name yet. Right, right. Uh but he. uh it's so fun to to look back, and it's a shame, of course. A lot of these guys are gone, and Chris Farley specifically not here anymore. But he, uh when he's going out and you know they're like well we got to find the demo tape you go track down my girl she's pissed at me uh and they send they send him to he gives him the o'malley gives uh wilson the picture of kayla to go find her he just goes whoa (laughs) (laughs) and uh he ends up at the the whiskey and gets into an altercation like Well, White Zombies playing Feed the Gods, which is fucking amazing. Killer track. He then rips the, he gets into it with a guy, you you know, he gets his badge crunched and disrespected. And then he rips the guy's nipple ring out. Again, like, that's always something I always think about. It's so funny. That's more of the physical kind of
1: comedy you're talking about, but also like that, the thought of that is fucking awful.
0: And, uh, you know, they're, he's trying to track uh, Kayla down and she's just like, you know, she at this point has thrown the demo tape out of the car. It's getting fucking pissed on and and, you know, hydraulic fucking low riders are bouncing on it. Well, fucking. So back at the radio station, it's a full blown hostage situation, but inside they're just having a party. They're going through. They're getting the concert tickets out back. There's fucking they're going and getting, you know, all the swag from the back of the, uh, back of the radio station. They're playing music. They're pushing Susie around in the fucking car. Like, Pips obviously, uh, got a thing for Susie. And it's, it's just, like, when they're playing, like, the music montage, they're just going through the radio station. so fun. And they, uh, you know, they get to the point where they start, Uh, making real demands like hostage demands and the football helmet filled with cottage cheese. Naked pictures of the football
1: helmet full of cottage cheese is hilarious (laughs) just because they also show up being filled late, like they show Chris (laughs) Riley filling (laughs) the football later on.
0: A Raiders helmet to boot, yeah. And the giant, giant baby bottle. Where am I gonna find all this stuff? Uh, But it's just, it's so wild. And then all the the while, we have Michael Richards' character crawling in the vents and being guided and given a gun by the SWAT guy, Marshall Bell, who is telling his whole story of his divorce with his wife to Michael Richards on the phone while he's, you know, using him as his rat in the ceiling. Uh, And, you know, he's obviously... Uh, he talks about his wife leaving him for a pool cleaner. Finds out that one of the guys in there, or when they search the van, find anything in that van? Drugs? <laughs> nope, just uh, what do you say? Just some, just some toys, toys and some mu- pool cleaning gear. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pool cleaning <laughs> gear. These That's cowboys are want. much more dangerous than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> but what's uh? You, you guys spit spit back at me a little bit here what probably. is what are some of your what's the what's your favorite uh character in this film are you guys more pip guys who are the you know the quiet cool that are just getting that nina simazco or whatever her last name is ass are you a rex guy are you a chaz guy or are you are you a milo guy everyone gets to sit in a chair but you <laughs> I, I think say, um, rex, go is ahead, my, go.
2: Yeah. rex is probably my favorite character uh, it's it's, hard, not, it's I mean. hard
0: not to say rags. Right.
1: I would say that my favorite character is 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 probably I'm a, I like Pip. I'm a Pip guy, but a uh, secondary character, David Arquette's character for sure.
0: <laughs> I'd say. I mean, it's hard to call Ian the Shark a secondary character, but I fucking I love the the part where you know he finds out that Milo is firing everybody and and is changing the radio to a soft rock. And he's just like, you know, he's just like, you don't even listen to CDs. Milo, what are you doing with a whole crate of CDs after he's just like, this guy's got a bunch of easy listening shit shingles in his office. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) and they fucking and he goes and finds a little white KPPX fucking easy listening shorts. And he confronts Milo and chokes him. Where do you get the balls to fire me? (laughs) Uh, Just fucking great. But I do love i do love uh once they are uh once they've decided that milo is the the biggest piece of shit in the office and they have him tied to the chair
2: with a fucking uh phone card.
0: it's just so funny and like when they're when the lights go out when they kill the lights initially like later in the film and they throw him in like a like a cleaning closet i don't know why it pops me every time he's like Please, no not in the closet my aunt was buried alive
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is so random you know uh one thing i, I want to say really quickly about milo was kind of cool about his character is, is like as is you could tell that he's almost like a voice of reason to chaz you know what i mean because you could tell chaz is like the leader but he also doesn't quite know what he's doing so i think throughout Wait, you the mean film, you
0: mean ian you're talking
1: ian yeah i'm sorry i'm sorry ian um he's like a voice of reason you know what i mean like he kind of guides them, even though he's taking him hostage, he ends up kind of being like a counterpart and like guiding him through this whole, this whole scenario, you know?
0: Yeah. He, he's almost like the, the Del the Dell James character, like, you know, where he's just like, he even like when he kind of like, is just talking with Chaz too. And he's just like, um, he's like, well, you know, he's asking Chaz about his tattoos. Like what's with you guys and the tattoos? (laughs) <laughs> and it's so funny when chaz is like gecko barbed wire here he's like <laughs> he's just like oh you know the the reaper and he's just like i get some more cash i'll color it in maybe put some chaps on it and <laughs> he, and you can tell like ian just isn't connecting with like this generation's rock and rollers but i think when chaz explains to him like you know he's just like you know i want to write a song that like people can remember or whatever he's just like Uh, And they're kind of talking about the state of music. Like, I think rock and roll has been all hill since Lennon died. Uh, But it's a a cool moment. And, you know, when Chaz gets put on the radio, too, and uh, just screams rock and roll. And Milo, that's, you know, he's like, that's what you're going to do. He's just like, you're going to scream rock and roll. Uh, And it's kind of like the voice (laughs) of a 90s generation, almost. Like, the 80s was so excessive and stuff. And I feel like the 90s were almost like, Almost like more apathetic than the '80s, and it's kind of—I mean—the '90s, just especially that era, just seems so like different from what we where we are now. But it's so fun to think back to these times because it does seem like times were simpler. Granted, they were always as fucked up as they are now. Maybe a little more fucked up now. We just didn't hear about it because we didn't have social media. But it's true. It's uh, this is when I think the rock star fantasy and the rock star dream could still be alive it's not really alive anymore because you need to be like i don't know like a certain weird random type of band to become like a big huge mainstream rock band now but
1: yeah it's just it's just a different i just feel like it's a different world like music yeah. is there's so many different uh not that there weren't different genres before but i just think there's so many different genres now that are more uh in the light uh, ma- I don't want to say mainstream, but somewhat mainstream. And I just think the way you consume everything is different. So yeah. Like what is a rock star these days? It's like, I don't know. We have a lot of the most famous artists in the world now are like, not even in bands. You know what I mean? They're just like solo artists. And,
2: right. You know.
0: Yeah. It's uh, know. It, it, the nineties were the last gasp. It seems, or at least the early two thousands of like uh, this kind of like, I don't want to say like dreaming of being a rock star, but now it's just like, there's just no, because those big contracts from record companies don't exist either. And if they do, they're like really shitty, like 360 deals that you like, you'll be in debt for the rest of your life unless you constantly pump out platinum albums, which also, also doesn't happen. But it's, uh, you know, one, once they, you know, it, it's, it's funny that like, that's all, that they're trying to get as their demo played on the air now. And even like 20 years ago, almost 20 years ago, you could just upload it to MySpace and anybody in the world could hear it. We just had to promote it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and that's it. And there's even like, think about how many bands around that sound great. And you would think, man, these guys could be huge or they should be huge. Even in the genre, like they're just not because a, there's so much of it. And it's just, yeah. Like you said, you could just like, we could record a song right now and, and put it on social media. You know what I mean?
0: So, yeah, it's it's definitely like a a bygone era, but it's so fun to look back at as that being like, you know, that that time period existed. And this is even like kind of like the later part of when that was all going down. But to get back to the film, it's just, you know, they track Kayla down. Kayla comes with the thing and gets into it with, you know, Rax, and then Chaz, you know, tells her you're acting like a spaz, like. And then that's when he, he brings it back and hits her with. I wrote that song before I even met you, and she fries the board. So what what else is there to do, but demand an entire stage be set up so you can play the song live, and they get Jimmy Wing back in there. Uh, he comes down there and they they sign him to a contract, Palatine Records. But Chaz wants it on his terms. He doesn't like how it's gonna how all this shit's going down. Uh, he wants it to be done the right way In a sense because he's like it has to come Unsolicited like you know what I mean It's so it's so funny like That Ch- Chaz somewhere in the back of his mind Still wants it done the right way he doesn't Want to just be handed a record Contract so he wipes his Ass right. with the record contract A <laughs> man love this wipes guy. his own ass Yeah
1: that's another great line From the uh, movie
0: he wipes his ass With his record contract I love this guy Oh <laughs> uh, but it's uh it'd be so fun to see a fucking sequel to this. You know, Lone Rangers the reunion tour heads too or something. Like I think it'd be so it'd be so fucking fun. Um but that I mean, a couple of the the great scenes when they send Chris Moore over from Capitol Records before Jimmy Wing shows up and it's just trying to it's a cop and it's Harold Ramis, another Ghostbuster, playing a cop. Pretending to be a an executive at Capitol Records, and they they test him. They say, you know, well, he's a cop, and they're like, oh, which side did you take in the Halen Roth uh, Van Halen Roth split? (laughs) He's like, what? He's like, which side did you take, Halen or Roth? He's Van Halen. He's a cop.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but then they give him the benefit of the doubt and they ask him. (laughs)
2: Yeah, one more question.
0: Okay, one more. Who'd win a wrestling match, Lemmy or God? Lemmy.
2: And God,
0: wrong trick question, <laughs> dickhead. Lemmy is God. Fuck, <laughs> and that has that has stuck and it became a thing where people were saying Lemmy is God, and it became like a thing for until you know it's still to this day, even beyond Lemmy's death. And I love that they showcased Motorhead in the way that they did because Motorhead's the ultimate rock and roll band. Hundred percent. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're the, the ultimate rock and roll band. And to get that point too, where Chaz can relate to everybody. And, it, you know, it, it makes those people outside of KP, KPBX more, uh, you know, connected with him when he was just like, he admits to Kayla, you know, I was a fucking loser in high school. I played Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, he was in the chess club when, you know, Marshall Bell's character, the SWAT guy, researches him and finds he's from Jerkwater, Iowa. She asked her. Chester <laughs> Ogle
1: ah, uh, which is another like hilarious thing because, like, now like that wouldn't even be like a thing, you know what I mean? Like,
0: well, that's what's funny too, is even like Rex is looking at him when all this stuff's getting revealed, he's like, Man, I didn't know this,
1: yeah, like it's a huge deal. Like, I don't know, it's just that, that <laughs> another like.
0: And, you know, fuck it. Of course, we get Lemmy. I was edited to the school magazine. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite, though. I used to wear, wear corduroy pants. <laughs> I used to masturbate constantly. <laughs> it, just, like, hilarious. That's what I like about this film. It never takes itself serious. It's always, like, taking the piss out of the situation. Uh, I mean, it has some heart to it, but it, it just... it consistently is just such a fun film and i think a lot of films could be made this way now but they choose not to but i also don't know if the i don't know if the comedic styling is there anymore i feel like this kind of comedy like people now wouldn't appreciate the way like we appreciate it what do you guys think
2: no i agree like pretty much today's standards for comedy is pretty much way different than it was you know
0: 20, 30 years ago. Well, Sean, you just saw that cocaine bear, and that's, for all intents and purposes, a comedy, right? Yeah, it's a very dark comedy, but yeah. But, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's hard for people to make a straight-up comedy. It either has to be an over-the-top, like, and they don't even make those anymore, the over-the-top sex comedies. They won't even touch the sex comedy anymore, but, like, it has to be, like, something like, like that. Like, oh, it's a really dark, like, you know, it's about the bear that fucking ingested a bunch of cocaine and is going crazy,
2: and and aside hey, from
1: based off a true story,
2: yeah, very loosely based <laughs> off a true story, <laughs> well, of course,
1: every every fucking movie that gets made based off a true story is loosely,
0: but like, can you guys think of any, like, I can't even think of any comedy movies that have came out in the last five, six years that are notable at all, no, I even not remember.
1: Really. Uh, I remember, I I'm trying, trying to think. I, I didn't even know. Like, I know that you people, movies, a comedy that just came out. I haven't seen it yet, but uh, it was people, okay. But people it wasn't like right. that. Um, that's a good point. What is What are some other recent comedies that have come out that are,
0: I don't even know. I can't even think. I feel like all comedy, any comedy that comes is like that movie that's like a half comedy, but there's also a serious element to it where the the third act turns very serious. And then there's like the, you know, like, oh, you know well this is why was, we didn't like each other or something like that like there's no yeah, just straight... like, a,
2: like a serious drama like out of nowhere right yes exactly
0: and i feel like the all the comedy movies are reserved for netflix and things like that they don't really get released in theaters
1: but yeah that's another thing i i i don't even know the last comedy i went to
2: see in theaters so that's that's a good another good question is that produced the last comedy that comes to my mind was that blockers movie with like John Cena. I think, I think that, that's sti- the last. that came out even like still, fucking that's, seven that's, years
0: ago or something.
2: Yeah, I was going to say that's still like quite a few years ago at this point, right? Yeah, like I'm saying, I, I can't really remember the last comedy movie I saw in theaters.
0: Is it, is 80 for Brady supposedly a comedy?
2: I don't know, I've never seen it.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah right. so let's not
1: get Sean started on this bullshit with the 80 for Brady. You mentioned 80 for Brady before
0: you got on today.
1: He t- he talked about it a hundred fucking times how he wanted to see it and he said he seriously. Wanted oh my to see god, it. I mentioned it twice. <laughs> and then I asked him about it, and he's like, I barely even mentioned that movie. I don't want to see that, even though I literally have I got receipts that show that he says mentioned it a hundred times. Lies. All right. Well I'll I'll put him on I'll post them on the Instagram so people can see. <laughs> You're a liar.
0: <laughs> yeah, so yeah, this movie is just it's so over the top, but it's so it's so funny to to think about how these movie movies like this just they just aren't made anymore. Like I mean, it this is for all intents and purposes, uh, you know, a very uh, even at times it's slapsticky comedy. There's some physical at- comedy that goes on. It's it's not really all that vulgar though. Like they say some stuff that's like offensive, gonna... but it's not crazy offensive. Yeah, there's some swearing
1: and like some of the like the things that you said. Like, I guess, yeah, I don't know, it's nothing too wild.
0: But it's, uh, am I missing anything like this? We've done a pretty good gist of this movie, right? Yeah, I mean, well, you know, you covered basically what happens.
1: They take over this, you know, a, a, a struggling band takes over a, a radio station trying to get their demo played, pretty much. Yeah, mixed it's in a bunch of hilarious comedy.
0: Yeah, it's it. it and if you haven't seen this movie, I mean, if you've listened to this all so far and you haven't seen it, which I'm guessing no one's going to do that, but go watch this film <laughs> if you haven't and tell everyone you can about it all the time. I know the Blu-ray is highly out of uh, print. It's not streaming anywhere right now. Last I checked, it's not streaming anywhere. Tell
1: everyone about your theory.
0: My theory is that there's something going on with the rights that they pulled it all down because 20th Century Fox currently owns it. And I think... Adam Sandler's trying to acquire it under the happy Madison umbrella. So him and Fraser and Buscemi can re- make a, a sequel to Airheads.
1: I hope that happens.
0: It wasn't on any kind of streaming. Like I
1: not well, even Sean. You was on, HBO it on Max
2: for a while and then I went this morning to watch it and then it was gone.
0: Yeah. I mean, I luckily own it on, on DVD, so I still have the DVD I bought in the early 2000s and still own. But, uh, yeah, it's not on anything currently. Nothing. Like, if you go search, like, your your streaming device to see where it would pop up on what app, nothing. Well,
1: like I, and like I said, nowadays, that's that's bonkers to me. I feel like every movie should, almost, should be streaming somewhere. You, um, can't even,
0: almost... you can't even rent it on Prime or anything.
1: Yeah, that's wild. As That's of really like
0: lovely. as of like a week or two ago. But I watch this movie at least once a year. It's it's just so much fucking fun. Uh and I love we gotta talk about uh obviously so the, the movie ends with them playing outside, refusing to limp sync uh lip sync, and then um you know, they're filming a, a music video, they the barricade, they let everyone go and uh you know they jump into the crowd they're digging our song they end up doing 3 months uh for aggravated assault with pepper spray and kidnapping um and they recorded an album live in prison that went a plat- couple times platinum uh <laughs> but the song the song that is played through the movie that they they poses their song is degenerated by uh an old punk band called Reagan Youth right. Now our good buddy uh Lou has had um I can't remember the dude's name I'm blanking on the guitarist's name uh from yeah. from Reagan Youth on his podcast and they talked about this and uh I think he said there was there's some kind of controversy with with the song and maybe some of the royalties or the rights or or whatever if you can go on eBay though and you can find the CD or cassette of right. uh of this highly 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 recommended because i have the cd uh it's great it has that version uh of degenerated with brendan frazier singing it which is great
2: is it one of those like really hard things to find on ebay
0: no, no. The CD is pretty easy to find. It's like twelve to fifteen bucks on eBay. Like it's not bad. But the sound, the soundtrack for this is amazing. You got "Born to Raise Hell" by Motorhead, which it's the version with Whitford Crane from. What was he in that ugly kid Joe band? Was that the name of the band he was in? Um, and uh, Ice T from Body Count, and you know <laughs> from Ice T, you got the Four Non Bonds covering "I'm the One" by Van Halen as they were going through the the station and getting the kppx shirts and all the cds and stuff uh anthrax covering london by the smiths fucking legendary uh movie closes in the credits with we want the airwaves by the ramones what a fucking perfect song for them to close this movie with
1: what yeah what a banger
0: shamrocks and shenanigans by fucking house of pain too come on
1: i like that they you know like some great bands, they, they show, they pay tribute, you know, they, they they put them in this movie, whether it be actual, physically in it, or their songs in it, I think that's awesome, right. or stickers, or posters, whatever.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of, there's Exodus stickers in Carter's office, there's, you know, there's a lot of shout-outs to the current music climate, Um, and I kind of just love that they're all over the place, and they, it's the ultimate soundtrack for someone like me, like, bands covering the Smiths, and Reagan Youth, and and Van Halen, on top of having the Ramones and Motorhead on the soundtrack. I don't know if... So, just so you know, Battle Angel 85 is currently selling an Airhead CD soundtrack for $8 on eBay. Whoever Battle Angel 85 is, shout out. Shout out. But yeah, Candlebox is also on this. Uh, Fucking prongs on it yeah i forgot prongs on it (laughs) uh of course white zombie feed the gods fucking classic track um uh, if anybody does from this movie does any of the cons that we go to i will be getting my airheads poster sign maybe one day you know one of those guys will do it but who knows uh i mean this is is this not a 10 out of 10 movie this is a 10 out of 10 all day right
1: I 100% think it is for sure. Like I said, I think it's just an underrated comedy. And I think what people think of those three, you know, the three key actors from it, I, I, I don't imagine that this is one of the first things that's thought of, uh, you know. And I think that it should definitely be checked out if it wasn't, especially like a Buscemi who does do comedy. Of course, he's been in a lot of Adam Sandler stuff, but, you know, known for his non comedic roles. For sure.
0: Yeah, it's just. Or- it's it's a this is like the ultimate comfort movie for me. Like I can throw this on at any point in the year be brought back to watching it as a kid and just have so much fun with it. Obviously b- being in bands for years too, there's so much like little stupid funny stuff of just fighting them fighting with each other that uh makes it, you know, you understand it even a little bit. I mean even like us the three of us aren't in a band together currently, but like when we hang out like we obviously and especially when we're hanging out with brian and stuff someone's always like fucking getting on somebody about something and they're in a joking and fun manner most of the time but yeah nobody
1: no nobody's safe
0: how how great did they do like getting that camaraderie and the chemistry between the three of them it made it seem so that's what made the the whole dynamic seem so fun and real i think yeah the three actors, they definitely
1: nailed it. yeah there's three actors did a great job of it was believable, you know what I mean? And yeah. I think that was really cool. Each one of them is believable that they're in the band and, and they're dynamic amongst the three of them. Everyone has like their hierarchy of, of what they are, you know what I mean?
0: So the movie came out and was released August 5th, 94. Sadly, at opening weekend, it only did, it doesn't say what the budget was, but opening weekend, it did $1.9 uh, million. It only grossed five point seven million total. Uh it was so I I mean I couldn't imagine what the budget was. I mean I guess it was more than five million, but regardless, it's a shame that this movie didn't do better then. But growing up, this was I watched this movie so much growing up. So much. It was always on TV. Always. And I had the the vhs tape on top of that but like you said that was always on comedy central it was always on hbo or cinemax or something if yeah you, I mean,
1: re- same, same
0: always real quick TV. real quick though on the spot real quick as we close the episode if you could give me a quick one to two sentence summary on what you would want the sequel to airheads be uh
1: yeah i mean i think i think it would be like um the way i picture it would be like the, like because they talk about it at the end of the first one how their live uh, record did really well so i think it would be them modern day um trying to do some sort of reunion you know they had they were a big high but the, like a lot of bands they have a big high and then they just plummet and um them trying to maybe in like maybe rex is like just like a hilarious like dad now and like you know what i mean just like the dynamic kind of a little bit off uh pip still cleaning pools i i just think it like kind of a a modern day take on where they would realistically be you know what i mean like they had they were really big for a little bit then they fell and now they're just trying to to reclaim something trying to trying to relive something uh from from past
0: so I would play this, I would make this meta, and I'm putting this on here, and I, uh, if anybody steals it, I will fucking find you. Um, This is what I would do. I would play it meta to real life. I would make Adam Sandler's character of Pip be the huge, giant household name, but he owns Pip's pool empire. He owns the biggest chain of pool installation and everything. He's a pool mogul. Okay. Huge, huge pool mogul. <laughs> uh, Rex has went on to be a producer, a working musician. He's worked with like some of the greats and stuff like that. Um, And he just became like a, you know, is working through the industry like he had, like Steve Buscemi's character has. Just work, constantly working and doing great stuff. And then I would make Brendan Fraser. Divorced. Has some kids has been out of the spotlight for a long time. No one has heard anything from him for a while. Uh, his for his character of Chaz and then Joe Manganiello, Ian the Shark, uh, I would have him be the one that rounds him back up. And if they yeah. were smart, they would film it this year to be released for next year for the 30th anniversary. So they could be, they could call it their thir- you know the thirtieth anniversary reunion tour. Yeah,
2: I think it's a great idea.
0: It'd be sick. What about you, Sean?
2: I was pretty much have no idea. Uh, Eric had a really good idea. You also have a really good idea. There's really much more I can say. I think it'd be a good like combination of like what we both said,
1: like like they're they're obviously. Wherever they are now, you know what I mean. Like it's different from where they were, but just like the reconnection of it all. I mean,
0: it would it be so like... fun, like those three characters to get together again to do a movie, uh, a sequel to this would be great. But would be e- equally as good as getting like Joe Tanya back. Oh yeah, for sure. And like and, and like David, Ar- David Arquette's character, like <laughs> back. Like it would be just so much fun to see some of those characters back ernie hudson's character back he's now the he's now like a, he's he's now like a senator or something of, of oh California. yeah just
1: like the, the
0: chief of police or something like some higher yeah yeah just the, the chief of police tower so uh i think that it's a it's criminal that they don't have a seek that they're they're there's no plans to do a sequel. I I can only hope that they do. I think it would be great, especially because Buscemi and or uh, Sandler and uh, Fraser have talked about the movie in just the past few months. Just as they, as uh, Frasers came back into the spotlight with the whale. But yeah, guys, this is this is just a fucking an epic movie, an epic soundtrack, um, oh, it's so good. Uh, but yeah, anything? Any closing thoughts on Airheads and Airheads Legacy? Do you guys see? you know, I feel like this movie is just as strong of a watch now as it was back when we were kids.
1: Yeah. Same. I mean, I think it's, like I said, I think it's grossly underrated. I know it didn't do critically that well, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 think it's one of the better comedies. I think there's like a handful of comedies I go back to a lot that I, that I love. And this is one of them, all-star cast. If you like, you don't have to like, uh, that type of music, but if you do, it just adds to it. And, uh, it's legendary. And I hope, you know, maybe I hope something does happen in the future, but
2: who knows? John? No, it's a, it's a great watch. Uh, definitely, you know, top five Adam Sandler movies on my list. It's always a go to. You know, if I ever want to watch something funny, throw it on. But I can't because i on HBO Max anymore.
0: Well, you got to buy the physical copy.
2: But. I do. It's somewhere in my collection. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right,
0: everybody. We hope you enjoyed this uh, episode where we talked airheads in uh, the 94 battle year. Super fun. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter. at Media. Links are in those bios. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, uh, wherever you get your podcasts where we stream them, listen to them, all that happy horse shit. Let us know you're listening and uh, yeah fuck yeah let's uh let's do uh let's do another episode here soon boys uh maybe we'll do another draft because the drafts have been fucking fun I'm always yeah, down. Sorry, blast always down all right Good times. this was a fun one it was we'll see y'all soon